Back here on the Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. Time now for our Ask the Doctor segment, giving our listeners the opportunity to have Dr. Cole address their specific sports injury issues. It's very easy to do. You go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Go to the homepage on our website. Look for the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly. Click on that link, and you can ask the doc a question. If we like it and we think it's significant to the show, we're going to run it, and I'm going to ask it, and here, Dr. Cole, we're ready to go, right? Let's do it. All right, first one, uh, kind of simple. I think I've seen this before, but uh, it keeps coming up. People want to know this, right? Dr. Cole, why is it so difficult to keep weight off after losing it? Uh, this is There's a, a number of reasons that lead to this, Steve. So, you know, the first thing is it, it can be very difficult to sustain weight loss just, just by restricting calories. That's something that is people find really difficult to do over the long haul. Going on chronic calorie restriction could be incredibly difficult just from a lifestyle point of view. It's a great way to sort of jumpstart the whole process, but doing it in perpetuity can be very difficult. One of the other challenges is as we lose weight, our metabolism slows, so our calorie burn actually slows. And one of the ways, one of the ways to manage that is, you know, we often say, well, look, do you want to eat to exercise or exercise to eat? I would tell you that uh, one of the challenges about exercising is that it will it will develop lean body mass, which can maintain your metabolism. But the opposite is that people think that if they exercise a lot, they actually can eat more. And there's some interesting data that shows that after people exercise, they tend to overeat because they think they get, you know, they have the ability now because they exercise, they can eat what they want. Right. That's not always true. One of the greatest benefits of exercise is that it creates lean body mass and it sort of turns our body into a furnace. And keeping our metabolism high, um, sort of, it's like... Burn, it's like cleaning your oven when you know overnight when you're sleeping, right? It keeps things going and continues to burn calories even when you're not formally exercising. Uh, but I would say that one of the biggest factors to sustained weight loss is, in fact, exercising uh, each and every day and at some degree of intensity, but it doesn't have to be the highest intensity. It could be just something that's over a prolonged period of time at, say, uh, low to moderate intensity. So I would say a minimum of three times a week. But look, without overtraining and with mixing it up, uh, you can do this every single day. And that probably is the greatest contributor to sustained weight loss. So it's hard to, uh, to, to manage weight loss just by chronic calorie restriction. Um, keep in mind your metabolism slows, so keep your lean body mass up. So that means lifting weights to keep your muscles uh, strong and make sure you focus on recovery. There's a lot of things you can't change, you know, from hormonal change and things like that. But I would tell you that frequent exercise is probably the mainstay in addition to, you know, you know good dietary nutritional habits with whole foods, non-processed foods, and so forth. So those are sort of the key issues. While we're on this topic, I want to bring on our producer, Shane Reardon, all right? He's the assistant program director here at The Score. He does a marvelous job for us, marvelous job here at The Score. And I saw him on Twitter the other day, Dr. Cole. He was trying to do a four-day juice cleanse. And I said, wow, I'm interested in uh, doing that. Was that press juices, uh, Shane? And yeah, how did, how did like it that. go? Did it last? No, it didn't last. Why? Spoiler alert, it did not last. So I, I know that like you're supposed to wind your diet down as you approach the juice cleanse. First of all, I absolutely assault my body with red meat and alcohol yeah. all the time. Okay. Assault it. <laughs> I do work out somewhere between two and five times a week, depending okay. on what kind of mood I'm in. Okay. Um, whether that's like the Peloton bike at the gym at work or or whatever. I probably should have more structure to my workouts than I do. Yeah, and maybe more variability. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I didn't wind my diet down. I started it on a Monday, and on the Sunday before – me and my friends went to uh, Pequod's, so we had Pequod's, and then we drank... <laughs> daytime. Bar- daytime. Did you have daytime drinking? Oh, daytime and nighttime, Dr. <laughs> okay, Cole. Okay. So daytime and nighttime drinking, and then I was kind of hungover on Monday, started the juice cleanse, 
And I thought I was doing fine. Until like five day. o'clock the first day. Well, <laughs> a little bit longer, but I got through my six juices. Uh-huh. And at about 2 a.m., I woke up and just I was losing everything and t- without vomiting into too much detail. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you got sick. For, for the I mean, next, that could be a, but, nothing to do with the juice. I, I don't think so because it was only for 18 hours. So it wasn't even like a 24 hour flu, bu- flu bug. I just I got rid of everything in my system. I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah, it doesn't I don't call jive. Him sick. I texted yeah. Mitch at six o'clock that morning and said, "Buddy, I'm not coming in." I, I'm gonna I'm today. gonna play that had, had nothing to do with the juice. You really? know, there's a well, lot of sickness going on right now, and I just can't see how that would do it. And plus, your body probably needed it just after from the weekend. But, so you, you don't think you my know, body was like revolting? No, I from doubt it. Giving it. What are you doing? For, what are you doing for juices? Are you doing pressed juices? I or think they were pressed. Yeah. You buy this? They send you the stuff? Is it one of those? It, yeah, it was a deal. It was a four day. You know, yeah. Four day. I don't know. Program. I think you know. There's all kinds of gimmicky things and so forth, and you juice cleanse or whatever you're gonna do for four days. The problem is after the four days, it. It depends on what your goals are. are you truly you're trying to do what Karen talks about, get rid of toxins and things like that. Or are you actually trying to lose weight? No, I see. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little overweight, but I feel fine. Like yeah. I'm, I'm athletic and I'm right. I, I lift a lot and I I can I feel very healthy. What was your goal? Like yeah, why I did you ask, want to, why did you do this? Why Shane? did you want to do well, a juice I mean, cleanse? I have an Instagram centered around meat I cook, so uh-huh. I was trying to get rid of all the red meat and toxins from my body. I assault my body with red meat. <laughs> I, I was just we're going to have to have an intervention, and we might have to have a dedicated like half of a show to an intervention. And we'll have you. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to give you a one-on-one with Karen, Karen Malkin, if that's okay. So you're okay. suggesting that Shane should do the, the the juice thing again, maybe? No, right? I'm not sure. I don't know. Don't do that. You don't want to take that juice again, do you? No, because I eat well. I take pictures of the steak and stuff from my Instagram, but. You're like a food Instagram guy? Yeah, oh, man, my, it never Instagram, looks good well, in pictures. Not re- ooh, ooh. <laughs> Shane's meat is the Instagram. But I oh, eat goodness. more vegetables than I do meat. I, yeah. Like a staple in my diet is Brussels sprouts. I'll do a pound of Brussels sprouts almost every night. Have sometimes. you ever checked your cholesterol or your triglycerides? Yeah, you know that? my numbers are, you good? are fine. Yeah, because yeah, it's more genetic probably than anything uh-huh. else. My numbers are fine. All right, yeah. well, I'm not going to advocate for another juice diet because I don't know the Thank real you. benefit for you, but we might find something else for you in the maybe, near future. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Okay. Shane, thanks so much. Our producer, Shane Reardon, contributing to the show in his own personal way. Okay. That's last... a lot of it. It was very personal, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm an open book. That's right, brother. Final Thank question. You. Final question of the show, Dr. Cole, in our Ask the Doctor segment. In light of the opioid crisis, what are some of the current best practices in pain management? Yeah, you know, we've had this topic before, and I would say that it is one of our biggest problems, the, the uh, opioid epidemic. Um, and as physicians, we have a primary responsibility to sort of actively intervene and have best practices. One of the main issues is patient expectations, that they have to be sort of educated that pain is a natural part of, say, postoperative surgery, uh, that our treatment uh, postoperatively to minimize the pain will never get rid of it completely, but it's very manageable. It's not dangerous. So we have what I would say is sort of an individualized or very patient-centered educational approach. Uh, we use lots of different agents, uh, typically non-narcotics. Uh, sometimes we're using ice, we're using compression, uh, Tylenol uh, in proper doses, uh, anti-inflammatories as simple as Motrin, uh, physical therapy, uh, as mentioned, occupational therapy can make a big difference. Uh, sometimes we're doing behavioral therapy and biofeedback training, and we're even advocating for some complementary adjunct treatments such as acupuncture, massage, and so forth. So there's a number of things that we do as physicians, and what we basically try to do is minimize the narcotic usage and uh, maximize the non-narcotic approach is what we call multimodal pain management. I remember when I had my surgery just over a year ago um, when you did my 
tenodesis. Mm-hmm. Biceps tenodesis. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. On my shoulder, my right shoulder. And I think you, did you give me hydrocortone? Hydrocortone, yep. Yep. And yep. I think I took one, maybe two. My goal was to take as few as possible. And I got through it. You said, hey, you know what? Take the take the Aleve, the Advil, yep. the Motrin, right? I think Motrin's one of the best pain relievers out there. Um, I've been writing for uh, uh, with uh, the assistance of my research assistants, such as Tracy Taro and uh, Eric Hounsfield. We've been looking at uh, all these different great topics, and one of them is uh, Motrin. And in prescribed doses, 600, 800 milligrams, three times a day, taken with some type of, taking at least with food, uh, assuming you have no intolerance to it, that's one of the best, best post-op pain relievers that I have is Motrin. So much better than the narcotic, right? If you can just do that, that's wonderful for rescue. Taking the occasional narcotic for post-operative pain management is okay. Uh, We sometimes can't eliminate them altogether, but we have found with a combination of Tylenol and Motrin as an anti-inflammatory and ice and compression and elevation, we can often make a huge difference and keep people largely away from narcotics. Great stuff. Dr. Cole, we're out of time. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon, our coordinating producer. You mentioned her, Tracy Torr. Also want to thank David Cole. He manages our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, also our business operations. Then we thank Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on The Score. Up next on The Score, early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Be back next Saturday, 8 a.m. Central, for a brand-new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.